0: Okay, you know me, and your audience is gonna now know. I I tend to
1: be, <laughs> I tend go. to be very Here very. <laughs> here's here's Alan. It opening. took to the forty-seven <laughs> minute mark to get to this point. I love this.
0: I am yes, I'm a contrarian. I tend to be. I uh, if something is too popular, <laughs> I, I'm out. So yeah, uh, if I was like
1: for example, Will Ferrell. Come okay. on. I don't um, want to call him. Right. Yeah, let's, let's, you don't like him. But no.
0: Ahead. I mean, okay. because, again, he's an ACDC album. It's the same character. Uh let me run around and scream. And uh, I'm crazy. And people are like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Like old school. I, uh, yeah, I liked uh, it the first time that, when it was Animal House. Okay? There's no re- you Oh, know, I'm sneaking, I'm sneaking, uh, Ha, ha. You got love handles, and I see your ass.
1: Well hello everybody and welcome to the first edition of Talk Local. Uh, My guest today is Martin Oleksi, he's a marketing guru. Um, He is a person of great interest when it comes to amazing conversation. Uh, We worked with each other at Lakeshore, um, Loyola grad, and uh, he's always great to catch up with. Um, So he came in, we talked a little bit about his uh, passion for marketing, uh, KISS the los angeles dodgers his heartbreak over uh, them losing game seven and just a lot of uh good conversation about the way to promote to market um and just try to get a real feel for it because especially with what we're doing it's a real important component and if you're into that kind of stuff you're i think you're really going to enjoy the conversation so um, i think it locks in about a little over an hour and uh uh, it's a great time always catching up with them so uh check it out uh this is me with martin on the first edition of talk local so did you grow up in cedar lake or are you from that area in particular
0: uh I, well i was born in cleveland home so. of the cavaliers
1: really so yeah, do you have I any of that teams. that like kind of lives with you
0: uh i always root for cleveland teams only because uh well not because i was born there i have any connection emotionally like that but more or less because they're just sad stories and, and they seem to have true fans. And oh, then yeah. Major League, come on. I mean, how could you not be an Indians fan after Major League? No. Major League one and two. I'll even give you two.
1: I was. If, I mean, I'm on the spot now, but if I were to try to think of like what the greatest baseball movies of all time is, I mean, Major League, I mean, the Natural is so tough to beat, but Major yeah. League's right there. It's like pretty much right. like any locker room you're ever going into is quoting it. Right. Even up to this day. Like, what team was it this year that was doing the. Uh, was it the Indians, wasn't it? I yeah. think they were doing seances and stuff, right? Well, they had Joe Boo. Didn't they, they bring him in? They and, did have Joe Boo. No,
0: wait. It was another... I think it was a team that was playing the Indians. Had Joe Boo. I, I think. think you're right. Because I don't... Yeah. I know there was
1: one time where Kipnis was doing odd stuff in, in the outfield, like early on in the season I, or that.
0: I think Major League to baseball players is what... Um, uh, spinal Tap is to musicians. I think they just relate to it. And if you're a baseball fan, as, as you are... I mean, you just love it. You just you can't help it. You just something draws you into it. And the side plot about Taylor and his wife, you're kind of like, eh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. But let's just get back to the field and the craziness and Dorn.
1: Well, you've seen a lot of a lot of sports movies, right? Yes. Oh, What's yeah. the deal? Why do we need to bring in the romantic connection as well? Is it to keep the, like the second half of the person watching it in the room <laughs> interested, or like because <laughs> I feel like it just takes it. Like Moneyball was probably the best at, at doing it, putting it the right amount of timing, right?
0: Moneyball is one of my favorite films of all time. It's great. Uh, the only thing that bothers me about that film now is, as time goes by, the critics are proven right rather than, you know, the theory behind it. I mean, you have Theo Epstein and you have the Red mm-hmm. Sox winning, mm-hmm. but you still want him to win. You want you want, uh, and his name is escaping me right now at the A's, but uh, you want Brad Pitt's character to actually in real life get get a ring. Yeah. But, um, well,
1: while you didn't have, like, success with Oakland, but you did have, I mean, he did change baseball for 10 years. Right. For Actually, still to this day. So you're talking, the—that's at the 03 A's. Yeah. I think it's in that range, right? So you've got, like, that time period A's all the way up until 2017, where Sabermetrics is probably used more now than ever. Look
0: at the the Astros. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that SI cover from three years ago is insane. Super cool. insane. Not only do they call the, the shot, but they call the MVP, I mean that was a lot to to take. And that was, yeah, that kind of, hopefully it happens for the White Sox soon. I hope. I I don't know if Sox fans can wait three years, but.
1: Fingers crossed. This is uh, one of those time periods as a White Sox fan where you're sitting there and um, it's hard to be optimistic with a team that's treated you like shit for so long, (laughs) you know?
0: Well, let me put it this way. Uh, I was a Blackhawks fan since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I know what it's like to be abused by ownership. <laughs> I mean, when SI and ESPN vote you as the worst sports franchise in franchise history, uh, it, it's hard to be a fan. And, and Red Wing fans that were friends of mine were trying to coax me and trying to say, hey, come on board our, yeah, our bandwagon. Yeah, Chelly did. Why not, Martin? Oh, don't bring that Shelly. <laughs> anyway, and, um, funny story. I, I literally ran into Chris Chelio's coming out of Stanley's downtown. Really? Yeah,
1: literally. Recently or like during his playing days? No,
0: during his playing days, they, uh-huh. uh, I went to the game, met some friends. at a bar called Stanley's, which is a famous bar in, in Chicago in, uh, on the north side. And uh, apparently he was a regular there. So anyway, uh, I'm at this party. We, I leave the bar with my friends that went to the hockey game with me. And I literally just boom, <laughs> just right into this guy. And we both go, hey, man, sorry, you okay? And i look and it's Chris Chelios. And the thing was, when I hit him, it was like I hit a brick wall. Oh I mean, yeah. And that's the way he was. And my buddy, you know, one of those, you know, as soon as he's gone, and five minutes later, he's like, man, you should have kicked his ass. Oh, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. let me take an NHL defenseman of the year. Yeah, let me just throw down with him outside of Stanley's. That that sounds good.
1: And now, now 20 years later, think of the travesty it would have been if you would have fought him, and it wouldn't have been on someone's cell phone. Right. Like, I would I would have wanted to see Chelly just beat the shit out of you, dude. Like, that's got to be something. Like, man, would that have been a travesty if that wouldn't have been recorded. And, and you know, you try
0: hockey moves, or you try to take <laughs> his jacket or his <laughs> just shirt seen it over. one time. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait a minute, how come I woke up three weeks later? <laughs> but going back to your original question, sorry about this. Your original question was, why is there that romantic angle in sports films? Yeah. Is it to appeal? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm sure there's a Hollywood algorithm that says, look, take the ro- romantic comedy, blend it with sports, and you have you bo- make both sides happy. But sometimes when you make all sides happy, you kind of lose both sides, too. So um, I think it worked mm. for... For the love of the game but again because that it seemed like but God I love those scenes when he's on the mound mm. you know it's like I, I mean when he's thinking to himself and having that
1: clear the mechanism
0: clear the mechanism
1: that's one of those movies that I loved the first time I saw it and then after the second time I would say the whole love story just took too much from it right it does there's just not enough scenes of him on the mound because there's so much emotion
0: in that moment in something like a perfect game, there's a relationship if you want to call it a mm-hmm. love actually sure between his character and the uh the catcher the pitcher and catcher have a relationship there's your I mean you don't really need the side right, right? I guess you do and so maybe he was
1: has there ever been a better symbolism of that catcher pitcher relationship than Brewster's millions <laughs> Oh, the late wow. de- two late actors there. That's Pryor wow. and Candy. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's get back to why you're here. Uh, the uh, so you're, you're definitely going to drop Brewster's millions on me and then
0: get serious. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh,
1: that's. I'm sure it's not going to be the first time where one of us is going to lose it in this one. Well, um, I'm
0: here. Uh, well, I have scheduled for Charlie Rose.
1: <laughs> nice well thank you
0: and then Josh contacted me you need and a new like, agent we we want you on local 219
1: and I, oh, so I dropped it you I'm are like
0: Charlie I can't I got local 219 I got to be on a two a
1: so uh, I call you a two a a two a is that in the, the street? industry yeah nice Brian Allen nice. that's what it's called and it only took nine episodes who would have thunk
0: no oh, you're burning up man you're on yeah. fire
1: we had 500 followers today that's I'm, huge and I've been slaving over that and feeling great about it that's good and people are starting to reach out and it's starting to turn into something
0: well, you know the energy's there, yep. right? and you know your background will, uh, it's, it's a bandwagon people should jump on, because it's going to be quality and it's going to be done well.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you saying that, because I know one of the times, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you in here so much was because we worked together at Lakeshore, so we had a chance to, I knew you a little bit before that, but I think it was in passing um, for the most part, but, uh, you man, know, that the, crazy... I did
0: that Dunkin' Donuts parody commercial. That's
1: what it was That's when we was. first started talking. It's right. a great thing if you get a chance. I know I've, I shared it on Facebook at the time, but it was a bunch of um, classic movie highlights that were every time they said a cuss word, you blacked it out with another like a donut reference. Duncan. Right? Duncan. Yeah. Duncan. So funny. Right. Um, I don't even know how to reshare that. We should reshare that after this. I'll now. send
0: it to you. Yeah. Throw okay, it out cool. on local 219 and
1: because that's awesome, man. I know a lot of people were like when they saw that the first time. They were it was it's a cool it's a cool piece. It doesn't yeah. even feel like a commercial at all.
0: No, I, I did that with uh, Moto Media in Chicago, uh, who are actually two residents of Northwest Indiana. They have their own media company in Chicago, and we did it in between projects, and it was just a lot of fun. And I sent it to WGN for the morning show, thinking that they would enjoy it. And the response was, we enjoyed it too much. Our producer said no because it may be seen as a real commercial. And I'm like, ah, you know, a rejection yet compliment at the same time. Uh, it was good, it so, was good,
1: so check that out. Um, one of the things that we were, uh, hopefully I'll be posting that later. Um, but well, yeah, one of the things that we got a chance to really talk about was how creative both of us were and how much we loved kind of bouncing those ideas off each other. And uh, so there was a lot of times there, but your background is really in marketing, right? right. Um, so you've worked with a lot of different people about a lot of different creative ideas and. We're fortunate that, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you in here too, is because you've got your own business, you're doing stuff there. And so it's really important that people understand that. And I think it's fun, like we're getting into a world now where digital is so important. Right. And so I think it really helps that that was your background because I feel like it's only like tying into that more.
0: Right, and it seems like it's everybody. It's, the, it's almost a renaissance of individual entrepreneurship. Right, right. And, you know, if you want to, you know, look at, what's his name? Gary Vander. Gary V. Gary V. I don't think I can have
1: a meeting right now without somebody mentioning him. And then in my meeting earlier today, I mentioned him. Nice. So I'm like, I'm just guilty. He's in your head. Now you're going to
0: buy his wine. But uh, Gary V, someone recommended it to me, so I'd follow him. And, you know, uh, I feel he's a little bit high energy for me. So I thought, well, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that hustler. I'm not that guy that's, you know, always hitting the streets and, and knocking on doors, I'm more the, let me know what you want to do for your business, I'll create it, let me, I'll give you guidelines, I'll give you communications tactics, things like that. And, um, but his message is basically do it now. And I love his mm-hmm. basics where he's like, you know, his message of you're going to die and nobody owes you anything. You know, I mean, it's just over and over, eventually it kind of motivates you to go, yeah, but what am I doing? why not why not so and and the cream will rise to the top like local 219 is already doing and and we'll see within six months to a year how far you've come hopefully and uh, flying minds
1: well it's hard right now to not get too excited because this started off as such kind of like a just kind of an idea and a vision and you don't really know where how people are going to embrace it So um, to kind of see it and visualize it and then now kind of getting the support that's starting to come our way, um, it's hard to not get too excited. Right. You know, so it's like I think one of the biggest obstacles for myself is trying to stay focused and not let any of that become a distraction. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You
0: mean the accolades kind of take them? Not not
1: accolades yet, but like just just like in general, it's like you meet so many people and no one's going to tell you you're a shithead. You know what I'm saying? So everyone's being very complimentary. Right. Everyone loves first the states. idea. Exactly. First Everything's a first date. And so you're only hearing positive. You're okay. not really. You know that's why guys like Josh are awesome. Is because we can have those conversations where we're really getting to about the the genesis of an idea and the creative and why we're doing it. You know, and that's what I enjoy more. I do appreciate the, the public part of it, but if that that's a that's kind of an effect of if you're doing a good job. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right.
0: And uh, I get the same kind of feedback, and I I think you're right. Everybody, first of all, you have to think, are you opening a business for your own ego? Are you opening a business for the skill set that you can offer somebody else? And I think that's a big difference. It's a big place to start because I've worked for too many small agencies where you can tell they just wanted to play agency. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be the boss. There was one instance where I worked for a firm that um, we were seven people small small space we could all hear each other talk the boss would insist on using the intercom and phone to set up a meeting in a room right next door to us and it was just ridiculous she would call her assistant and the assistant would call us and we could hear the whole conversation the whole time No way. and it was just such a waste of energy and and you could tell that was about ego something like this where you know when I was at that production shop uh, that you were doing in Crown Point Square. And I met the crew that was all working with local 219. You could tell these were people that were all talented that were excited to get a chance to show off their talents. Not take over, not put their name on anything. Mm-hmm. It was just about the work and it has to be about the work otherwise it's going to suffer. And that's at least to me. And once ego comes in that's the cancer of our industry. Yeah. It's awful.
1: You know, it's one of those things that like I tried as an English guy and like, which I Jerry Davich, I met with him earlier today. He said it perfectly. It's like you're almost you you enjoy writing because you're a sociologist first. And I I completely agree with that. I think it's one of the things that you do generally find is a curiosity in people. And then I think there's a real maturity to like when you get to a certain age to where you realize that. People aren't wrong; they're at just different stages of their life. Right. So, what I'm, I guess, long story short, I'm hoping that that phase I can I can avoid that. I don't want to I don't want to go down that road. Well, you uh, again, like but I Gary, can relate v, to it. You know?
0: <laughs> like Gary V says, it's the emotional intelligence. You know, are you'll see it. You'll you know the more you work with people, you'll find out I can work well with them. Yep. I don't work well with them, but they have talent. Sure. So if I can use it, I will. Because again unless you're really into the gossip nobody cares about the back story so much unless mm-hmm. it's a good story but you know it's the end pro- you know um, the 1984 ad f- for Apple for Macintosh you just care about that ad that's just incredible work the oh, background yeah. story yeah for, for geeks like us we'll probably get into it but for the most part don't screw up the work because of your ego don't you know at it's least hard. that's my theory. It's, it's extremely hard.
1: It's like you have to surround yourself around people who can be honest. And the right. second you start getting rid of those people, you're in trouble. Right. You yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, you're, you're right. Yeah. It's like being a politician.
1: And I wish there's a way that everybody I'm sure everybody who has a huge ego and is all full of themselves at one point had that same theory, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's yeah. just it's like you got a, a year to from now when, you know, yeah,
0: we're frenemies on social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and going back to, you know, we'll probably be OK. Because when you and I worked together, all we were told is no. Yes. We had idea after idea (laughs) after idea. This makes sense. This makes sense. This will grow the business. This will grow the brand. Yeah, Yeah, we've never done that and we won't do it over and over. I mean, we. I mean, just from our experience, we've had enough doors slammed in our face, it won't bother us. Uh,
1: I think that's the one thing that I, I, I've i learned to spin in my head consciously about my time at Lakeshore, which I, I, I don't know if you have or not, but um, being able to, it's really a strength to be able to deal with the level of adversity that you face and been able to overcome some of that, because that is a huge learning curve right. that I'm glad I did get there. It was valuable experience in that sense.
0: It's a teaching moment that has brought you to this moment. And like you said, that, might, that experience might prevent you from making further mistakes. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, you've learned to be open to ideas and uh, you know what it's like to be stuck. You know what it's like mm-hmm. to do things the old fashioned way. I mean, that was the definition of old media. And you know, we tried to bring them current, tried to expand those brands. And when you're told no, okay. And you, know. and you move on, just like we have. So,
1: well, you know, that's one of those things that I do think too. With Local Two One Nine, like, I don't look at it as mine. Okay. There was, it, you know, initially maybe like there are certain days when I'm doing like the social media, when I'm in the trenches doing it, I feel that way. But I think what really is awesome about it is the output from people who are participating. Like Josh is like doing so much stuff, dude. That like, seeing him grow as as a creator, and then like even working with guys like Jeff. Um, who are like who's dude? Like every time he sends me another clip, I'm like, dude, that's so amazing. The stuff we have done with Joel, like the, those experiences, like I can be, or not me. The the company can be some kind of uh, what's the word? Like melting pot for these creatives to throw their stuff okay. at. And like, don't get me wrong, like I am near. I am kind of keeping my voice on the quality. Right. I want. I, I you know that's kind of how I feel it. But I consider myself just kind of giving this this uh, vehicle for people who are way more creative than me to show their stuff in and, the best way possible. Right, and that's that the best sense. way to do
0: it because if everybody feels they have a role and they're a contributor, they'll keep contributing. You know, sure. it's, it's um, I'm trying to think of another, uh, you know, the, a famous studio. What is the studio where um, the guy from the Foo Fighters bought the soundboard? And
1: uh, Oh my gosh, what is the name of that? Josh, Engle- uh, audio mate, what is it? Uh, they shot the.
0: There was a documentary about it, and I want to say it was from Out West. Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: they recorded a Nirvana album on it, and then Tom Petty recorded there. Right, I can't like think of everybody it now. did. Yeah. like
0: uh, I think um, wasn't Rumours recorded on yep, that? Yeah, that was there too. And anyway, it just seemed like it. Uh, that was one of those moments in time where everything works, everybody comes together, and fantastic work is made. And then you take, you know, everybody goes their separate ways because it doesn't last forever. But. Uh, hopefully that's that's our future so you yeah. know you with uh, local 219 myself with flying minds uh you know i've i've got strategies that are mocked oh yeah you know such as the one thing i want to do is break the uh, unsolicited idea glass ceiling which for those that don't know an unsolicited idea everybody has ideas and if you don't implement them they're wasted so if you send an idea, you and I it's, come it's up. It's one of the
1: biggest crossroads for marketing people in general. Yeah. Right? It, when you share an idea.
0: It's a safety shoot for the big agency model. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, say you and I and Josh come up with this fantastic idea for Coca-Cola. And we send it to them. And they say, thank you. We will not be accepting this because it's unsolicited. However, legally, they can take that idea and do whatever they want with it because it's unsolicited. But... I think in this day and age things are changing where you can catch them to say I have this idea and I put it out on social media and people go wow that's great that's perfect for that brand then you can send it to them or you do the other and you send it as a treatment maybe in Hollywood mm-hmm. you know look this is your this concept is for you and your agency to implement and it's for this amount you know would you I'm also sending it to your competition would you like to Purchase it, right? And people just laugh at it. They're like, nobody's gonna go for that. No, nobody- I mean, nobody thought 148 characters would catch on. Nobody thought. I mean, things are changing so so rapidly. Yep. That it's hard to say where somebody. Who- I mean, the to me the most outdated question is now, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh. You- how can you honestly answer that?
1: Is when- there a worse question to ask? No, I, I-, I, I would like that. to like literally think about the entire interview process. Yes. Not just like I'm not talking like this, but like when people <laughs> sit down. And they're like interviewing people for jobs. There's I, I, like I had a chance to be in a few of them, like probably about six, seven months ago. I don't feel like they're always asking the right questions. No. And it's really just to kind of get to know someone and kind of really judge their ambitions. Right. I mean, what is the, What else are you looking for?
0: Uh, I, I think you're right. I, I think the one thing that I have experienced is they do look at your ambition. And for me, they'll say, well, OK, you've had your own company for a while. And a couple of recruiters have told me that that is a detriment because they assume that once you get into their company, you'll either want to take over or or you'll look to not take direction very well, mm-hmm. which I'm sure on a research on a matrix, that's probably true, but it's, it's, it is it's frustrating. So uh, the longer you're out on your own, the more of an island you're creating. Yeah, so that's what I've heard. But um,
1: yeah, no, it's a tough thing. And I, you were... Uh, one of the things you did in like a lot of this conversation, which was awesome, was your Mad Men series on Lakeshore. Ad yes. my bad. Uh, <laughs> Mad right. Men, Mad Men is definitely for advertising it, it, too. It's like the it's like the porn for that industry. Everybody watches uh, it and knows like quotes. Greatest and everything. show in the world. To, yeah. Me. Yeah. to me. Sorry about that, Ad okay. But it's a good play on words. Uh, a, a buddy <laughs> of my, a buddy of mine was uh, trying to get me to write uh, for this one. Um, what was it? All things considered. Well, you get some interest from NPR. You get a little attention. (laughs) Yeah. Healthy. Yeah, but you did, so you held that, it was before really, it wasn't in podcast, it went over the waves. Right. And it was you and Matt Velucis right?
0: And Andrea Mathis, yeah. And Andrea Mathis, very and you guys sit down
1: people. and yep. discuss a little bit about uh, like the new marketing ploys, what people are doing, right. interviewing people for that, were are like uh, really notoriety, people of notoriety in the area who were in the field, right? right? Uh,
0: I, I'm sure you can't tell from now, but I, I used to be very inexperienced with uh, interviews. And, um, uh, oh, by the way, I'm paying attention to your one listener that that said you said um too many times yes so i'm, I'm trying to be aware of that i know i like, it's your like the
1: worst thing you can say <laughs> that's matt sawyer he makes his way even into the talk talk wow. local wow yeah uh, so, that's josh's buddy
0: okay so uh yes the talented uh matt velucas of vias and victor uh very talented graphic designer very talented mc he's a, he's a good like you you would want to cast him in a, in a commercial things like he's very has a very good personality and Andrea Mathis, who just is uh, an extreme talent behind the mic because she just knows the measure of a show and, and can go in and out and add and, and retract and keep us balanced. And, uh, and another perspective, too, other than two white guys behind a mic. And um, it was it was a fantastic experience. Plus, we had the NPR backing. So that meant when I went out for guests, if I say, hi, I'm doing a podcast or I'm doing a show at a small station in Merrillville, Indiana, mm-hmm. they're like, eh, okay. I'm not really sure even where that's at, but I would deliver it as, I'm a host of an NPR, uh, a show about advertising heard on NPR in the Chicago land market. And I mean, we had people from Australia, we had New Zealand, we had France, uh, it's we had Max Brooks, the, the gentleman who wrote, um, the zombie survival guide. And, uh, and I just, Josh just told me the name of this film, and I just dropped it again. The one with Brewster's that. Millions. <laughs> it is now with um, anyway uh, World War Z. That's what I'm. Thinking. Oh, okay. And he was a guest, and we just had all these people that were contacting me. Like you said, when you're getting this energy for Local Two One Nine, people are, they see the potential and they want to be a part of it. And I would do it. And when I reached out to academia and or the agency life and said it said NPR advertising they wanted to be a part of it. I got an article in Adweek. You know we had the editor of Adweek on five times, and um, once the show was over. So were those emails. You know it's funny how, uh, how you learned that lesson. So we stopped while we were still on top. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were happy with the the content. Uh, you know you don't want to get burned out. And we personally, I was getting tired of talking about other people's work. And I think the other two felt the same. So we all agreed to kind of go out when we could feel good about it. And gotcha. uh, we ran for two years. We thought it'd be, we tried to go for six months and it, it went for two years. And so I'm very proud of
1: it. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid of those who didn't listen, I don't even know if, can you, is it even on demand or is it just a, a lost time? It's, no, it's still it's on iTunes. Joel. Still it's on still iTunes? still on iTunes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Many of the shows were lost though at the station which was a shame. And of course it would be the, the Max Brooks one, I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, but, um, we
1: had a little bit of that experience with Maloney's interview. Uh, we had Tom in here and he was, it was a great interview. He's had there and just like, you know, yucked it up for a little bit of time. And as soon as like it, literally as soon as it ended the hard drive froze and like just completely wiped out, like Josh had to go get a, literally a new computer. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Tom, well, Tom Maloney's always good for another interview, though. I mean, oh, anyway, he'll come in. He was actually yeah. he
1: was actually going to uh, surprise stop by. Today. Oh, that would have been great. But he got caught uh, at a at a luncheon, so he uh, couldn't make it. He sent me. But he was going to be a surprise guest. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. he was going to drop in later, like midway through.
0: OK, well, with these uh, microphones and headphones, I could hear him probably pull off. <laughs> so these things are so sensitive.
1: I know it's crazy, but
0: I uh, I don't know for you, uh, I could guess. Who your your ultimate guest would be? I mean, mm. if you think for me, so you're,
1: gonna, you're you're projecting this. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm setting this up for Hit for me.
0: myself. Uh, this question for myself. I assume Eddie Vedder is your ultimate guest.
1: Yeah, but it would have to be like a res- like we both have to uh, like respect each other. Like I couldn't. I don't want to be a fan. Do you know oh, what I'm saying? So that's tough. Yeah. No, I know exactly. what you're I saying. really love him on a pedestal right now. Of right. a guy I don't know, but I like what he's about. That's starting to kind of the Cubs thing. Uh, tough
0: meet your heroes kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I really want to get into a situation to where we're having a conversation that's just and I'm I'm making an asshole of myself. Okay, I just don't want to do that. I don't think.
0: Wow, that now see that's very.
1: But he would be wise. he would be the guy. He would be the guy. Like if it was a situation where I knew he respected what I was doing and he was going to come in here and give me like the respect he would give normal people, like that he likes. I'm in. I would. I'd love to have that conversation. I think so.
0: I think you've got a good shot at Bill Murray. I will not be surprised if you have Bill Murray oh my on the God. That would be a dream. Right.
1: That would be a dream. Like the uh, Ghostbusters stuff, for like for just in the beginning, and like even his like. Uh, I love his Wes Anderson stuff. Like that guy is, uh, that, and he's a local. He's like a uh, Chicago guy, so he's local. But that'd be great. Another Cubs fan. So that that's what you that's your dream one for me. Or? No, no, no. Or is it Eddie? No. Or, no, you're Stanley.
0: Paul Stanley, the lead <laughs> singer of Kiss. Why would that be? Because. He had such an influence on me. I mean, the entire band did. As mm-hmm. you know, your viewers can see right now. I, we've got the Love Gun album on oh, display. Oh yeah, this uh, is,
1: this is uh, Martin's uh,
0: own, own copy. Right, the, and if you cue in on it, I mean, there's not, this is from 1977 when I was seven years old and I got into him. I got into Kiss, Star Wars, and the Dodgers in 1977. And uh, if you look at the album cover, I mean, nothing like, you know, introducing a seven year old to misogyny, but uh, you know, it's, it's pretty graphic. But when people go, Oh, I hear Kiss is your favorite band. And then they immediately think, you know, they, they put my musical taste so low at mm-hmm. the bar and I mm-hmm. understand that. But Kiss is not my favorite band for their music. Their music is fun to me. It puts me in a good mood, brings back good memories. Kiss is my favorite band because they taught me marketing. They taught me excitement about a brand. They taught me giving the fans such a show. Mm -hmm. uh, The spectacle. Exactly. And if you think about it, the concept is insane for them to do it, but they pulled it off. Mm -hmm. They, they use clown makeup, but they weren't considered clowns. They taught, I mean, it's still the best logo in rock, the most recognized logo in rock, everything. Sure. Yeah. Down to basically stealing from the Beatles of each member has a different identity and selling that and selling that. Now, yes, they have oversold everything, but, you know, everything in moderation. Uh, if I were to meet him, I wanted him to be a guest because I didn't want to hear Gene Simmons talk. I've heard him talk enough about business. I wanted to hear his perspective. And then uh, hopefully I wouldn't be a fanboy. You know, I wouldn't turn into that. But I, I think if I were to ever meet him, I would just simply say thank you. And that's it, you know. And hopefully he would say, oh, for what? And then I could be a, a little bit more open. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, just thank you for the influence. Thank you for sure. the fun memories and the fact that you taught me marketing before I even knew what marketing was, you know. And so did Star Wars. So did, I mean, I'm the X generation. We grew up on brands. So. Right.
1: Well, and it's, it's interesting because that relationship with media at the time was kind of at a distance. Well, probably, well, not kind of, according to today, at a, a way arm's length, right? Right, right? So like, your only real impression of a band was their album art and their record. It right. was really their music because at that point, you're talking 77. You're before real, like MTV. You're talking, you're, you're in the, you're still at like a limited network situation when it comes to television, right? Yeah. you had So radio. you've only had five channels, six channels at that point. Yep. So it's it's interesting that that would mean so much more, and I think it's one of the reasons I love collecting the vinyl is because this piece of marketing material right. is really cool, and I it's amazing how that fits your identity. But you said something in there that was interesting. I've never heard about Kiss before, because confessionally, I don't uh, I don't really care for the band as much, but to see them as kind of the opposite Beatles is an interesting perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I once told. <laughs> I, I had a friend who was a musician who, you know, kind of laughed at my uh, allegiance to the band, and I was trying to foolishly—I mean, one of the dumbest things I've ever said uh, was I said, "Well, you know, Gene and Paul—they say their influences were the Beatles and Led Zeppelin," and he goes, "Well, why don't they play like them?" I mean, just just shot Ouch. down. Ouch. I mean, just shot down. But <laughs> you know, they—they they don't say that they're you know gonna write Stairway to Heaven they just they're gonna light up a stairway I mean they're gonna I, I saw them live and I just laughed from the first song to the end because it was just so over the top it was so fun and it's
1: yeah. I would like to check it out, and they're playing smaller places at this point, right? So you could probably catch them at like.
0: Uh, there's, I, yeah, they've been on a farewell tour for now, like twenty-two <laughs> years. I Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. yeah, it was like a kid, and everything seems bigger when you're a kid. But I feel like that was the first farewell reunion tour was like late '90s, is that right or early '90s?
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's when um, they were introduced in the uh, during the Grammys by uh, Tupac, oh, which nice. is one of the greatest moments. I, I just love that because Tupac is sitting there going, Man, the show is stale. We got to excite the crowd. We got to bring out my boys. And then Kiss comes out in full makeup that they hadn't been in makeup for oh, 20 years. Oh, that's right. And it's okay. the original lineup. And uh, and then Tupac got shot. But, you know, I, it was look at that. They can bring that up. And that's, they were sold out for three years at least. And they've never stopped. Yeah, they're cashing in, but, you know.
1: Yeah, well they're taking cashing in into a new level. Oh, right. So we,
0: a kiss coffin. Yeah. yeah. So they ridiculous.
1: And so like, from my guess, like a critical standpoint, I know we have these conversations. This is uh, one of the reasons why I love having Martin on, because we can go anywhere with, 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 with <laughs> we talk. do. Yeah. We just go deeper and deeper. But, um, one of those things that like from a from a critical standpoint, I don't know if they're like outside of Destroyer, like I don't know if they've really like landed with something that like people can say like really influenced it. I know you've got guys like Mike McCready from Pearl Jam who like have a huge KISS like background. They love it. A lot of guitarists in particular seem to, be, tend to gravitate towards the music. Right. Um, and then from like the shtick of the like makeup, it seems like they were just a little bit past Bowie's Aladdin Sane aspect or like Ziggy Stardust. Do you know what I'm saying? For like their yeah, popularity they, I, side of it? Because what was Destroyer?
0: I think they Destroyer was 76. I 76. Think. And I think Ziggy uh, I Stardust is like
1: 72, 73, right?
0: And I think what they got, yeah, they got their influence more from, as they claim, uh, Alice Cooper and his show. And I and I think the, uh, what's the word? Um, a non-gender specific um, that Bowie played and... and was very trendy in the '70s. New York dolls.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that word? Glam.
0: Uh, yeah, it released to glam, but it's it's not female. It's not male. It, Transgender. It, no, no, that's the current term.
1: Um, okay. Okay. Crossdresser. No. <laughs>
0: <It's>, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I can't think of it. But anyway, that's you see that in Paul. Paul really gravitated to that. A uh, little bit of a kind of a feminine vibe. Very sensitive. Gene was the opposite. He was the guy that spit fire and blood, and mm-hmm. Ace was just wasted. So was that
1: contrast in personality on purpose, or is that just their two natural personalities? No,
0: they claimed that they did it to you know bring out their personalities. They Paul went to art school, and um, so he was actually I think Ace did too, and and so that all came out. But they wanted to be the band that they couldn't. That they said they were always disappointed with live acts, always. So they decided to do this, they couldn't come up with a name, somebody said kiss, they're like, you know what? That kind of works. And if you can take a word like kiss and make it sound like kiss, and that's what they did. And right. they, granted, they, those two S's are a little controversial, but I mean, people love that logo. Yeah. I mean, that logo is outstanding. All so. right, it
1: just shows like, I think it's a valuable lesson. I'm sure you'd back this up from a marketing standpoint. This is just me being an amateur marketing person at this point, but um, it's really not about the logo or the name. It's about as much as the. It's more about the brand. Right. If you have a great brand behind that, you can make anything look cool. Their their right?
0: opening line was the hottest band in the world, and I always refer to them as the hottest brand in the world because they still are.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know
0: Elvis, Michael Jackson. I mean, they're still selling millions every year. Well, Kiss is too, and they'll probably continue it. They'll probably have franchises once they pass. You know, where the next group of guys puts on makeup and they they're the official kiss band i mean i wouldn't be surprised to see that license just keep them living so
1: yeah i'm sure it's a result of me not being completely into the like the there's two styles of music i just don't like and it's mumble rap and like pop country i don't like either one of them at all but i think that like i don't re- what's mumble rap I, mumble rap is this thing that like you can't understand a word anybody's saying and it's over some kind of like middle to soft beat um so it's just like it sounds okay It's horrible. I don't. People love it, though. I don't know. Is it
0: done on purpose?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. You literally cannot understand a word. And I'm sure someone can argue and tweet at me and say, "Yeah, you can understand everything" or whatever. But like from a person who just drops in every once in a while to see how things are going, (laughs) I can't understand it. You open the door, lean in.
0: Nope, not for me. Not Not for me. I'm
1: out. I'm out on that. It's like it's just a weird vibe and a weird culture. But I was going there because of like it seemed like there was a time period in music where the spectacle outside of the concert was a big deal. yeah. And I don't see that as much anymore. And it could be because of my age and my plug-in. I mean, I go to Lala every year, but like, I don't follow these bands on the rise as much. I think the only one I've really seen really do a good job of it recently is Kanye over his last couple albums, which is really funny because his last two albums have been his worst, right? But he did the thing right before, I want to say it was Yeezus, where he got like those projectors up? Do you remember that? Yeah, that that's like such an awesome idea. And I, I guess I should just go fully with it, so people who are listening understand what I'm okay. talking about. Um, he would project these videos onto buildings across, and like strategically across the world. I don't know if it had audio, but it would have to. What would be the point of hearing the stuff, right? He says he's a musician, so he. But he would definitely have like the projector it would be a video poster, and it was like this whole marketing campaign like in front of the release of his new album and then he's been doing a lot of stuff like that And like that's the only problem is like i don't i love i love rock bands but they just don't do anything spectacle wise anymore no it's dying no they're doing the same thing over and over again i guess there's only so much you can do when rock and roll has been around since well i guess it's debatable like who started the term but mid 60s right right, is when it's really we're talking about 50s late 50s when it comes to like that stuff um so it's kind of a relatively new term, but at the same time, it's like you've got the niche. The Beatles kind of created everything, and everyone's in the shadow of the Beatles. It's like right. they yeah. say every great story is really driven from the Bible because it's just like the best. Book exactly, ever. Like exactly. You can't, you can't do it. But um, how does that? It's so like you got the, the Beatles with Sergeant Peppers. They create this whole marketing ploy of like changing identity. Right. Then you've got people like Cooper and you've got Bowie who are doing this. Now we're changing identity. The Rolling Stones did a little bit of it, but now you've got Kiss, who no one's ever monetized it like Kiss. No.
0: Nope. No. Kiss
1: has really drawn it crazy, right? Right. And then, Kiss Army. And, but you don't see really, like, where's the last makeup band that's hit? I don't even know.
0: Well, uh, look at it. Gore. You've
1: Gwar. Got Gwar. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And
0: I, I remember going, but it comes across as ridiculous to me. You've got Insane Clown Posse,
1: which has. Oh, there's another one. I forgot about that. You know, that. They, they've got. They had a following yeah, at one Yeah, they, they were strong in the '90s. I remember yeah. that.
0: Um, there's so many people that were influenced by by Kiss, and it's usually about the same story. They just enjoyed it, you know. They they don't say, "Oh, well, you know, I proposed to my wife with Detroit Rock City." <laughs> I mean, that doesn't happen. But yeah. I think what what they did was something like me. They just it, it's it's a, a a feeling that takes you back. It's nostalgia, and and that's what Kiss delivers. And um, good brands like that will always bring back nostalgia they'll always bring back uh, brand loyalty i know what you're talking about mumble rap when you say that uh there's like metal now where you know i was a metalhead for you know my late teens and early till i was like 30. and uh i just really got into metal and then these guys came out and the music was killer but the then all of a sudden you just hear this guy go <laughs> and you're like what? Why? I, first of all, again, like you said, I, I don't know what the hell you're saying. Yeah. Secondly, you've just ruined the song. And are you are you throwing up? What are you doing? Where's the mic? I don't even want to know where the mic is right oh, now.
1: Could you imagine? And then like every once in a while a woman will pop up as lead singer in one of those metal yeah. bands, so that's like a marketing thing. And uh I don't I'm never a big fan of that. No. When the market well, you know
0: if it works, it works. If you're doing it to be gimmicky, I mean which Kiss caught a lot of criticism about mm-hmm. But when
1: you do it to this level they did it yeah it's like when do you stop right if you're you doing know?
0: it let's. i think kiss is the ultimate look if we're gonna do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah let's do it imagine that meeting where they're all four <laughs> in a room going okay no one is half-assed in this thing. okay we're all in right okay if i'm showing up on stage and they announce us i'm full makeup and leather okay i'm i don't want to be yeah. the only guy in makeup and leather you don't can imagine you know, Paul comes out and he's the only one. The other three guys are like looking like the Eagles, you know, in regular Wrangler T-shirts.
1: I love the hypothetical pitch meeting conversations. <laughs> They're my favorite. And then at one point, Gene's like looking at his notes and he's like, you know what? I do got spitting fire here. What yeah. do you guys think about that? You <laughs> well, know, yeah. is that too much? <laughs> yeah.
0: Too much? No? Yes? No? Yeah. How about, how about we burn up the stage and uh, just blast out everybody's ears? Yeah. And then, Oh, uh, we're going to wear heels, by the way. This is going to make all of us nine feet tall.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. So, when you're talking makeup, guys, and like gear, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, like, you know, Lou Reed without the cameras, (laughs) you know, just like a bunch of leather and just way crazy shit going on. I mean, they're Judas Priest. Yeah. You take another one, you take away the makeup, and it's Judas
0: Priest, you know. And I mean, all those metal bands to me, the hair banging metal fan, it's just fun you know anybody it is that fun. takes that like, it is fun we talked about heavy metal parking lot we watched that i mean that's such a great t- one <laughs> when you're taking it that damn serious dude it's judas priest okay <laughs> like nobody i don't think in well i'm sure there are Find out, but i i don't think at duke university there's a class going let's break down turbo lover let's, let's really let's break that down to i want everybody to do a little thesis yeah. on on uh ACDC's, you know, I mean, there's another High voltage, band. yeah. Right. ACDC, yes, it's the same album. Every time. But it's Every fun, time. And they put on a hell of a show. So,
1: so I, you just caught me in a, like, creatively, I just, I got a, a moment of an epiphany there that I was being, I've been being, being a real asshole to the Foo Fighters. You just caught me in it. How do you mean? I just, uh, my biggest criticism of them, and I've seen them, like, four times, I just feel like they're playing the same fucking song every time I hear a song. I don't understand the difference. Like, in the first two albums i was like yes this is amazing i loved them uh the Foo fighter self-titled uh color in the shape really loved nothing left to lose love those albums but then it's just was like all right i've heard these songs and they're just re they're restructured but at the same time it's kind of like ac dc right it's like I, I give ACDC credit. Maybe it's because of too much credit because they're from a different era than I grew up in, right? So now I respect them, but they're doing the same thing and I give them a pass. Why am I not giving Foo Fighters a pass? I'm being a dick. No, no. That, long story short, that, you just gave me an epiphany let me you.
0: Let me make you feel better about yourself. ACDC is meant, again, it is a beer band. It's a yeah. band that you just go, look, let's have a beer. Oh, ACDC killer. Or, you know, it comes on in your car and it's all. Foo Fighters have some credibility. They've got lyrics, deep lyrics, and meaningful. That's what I hear. I personally think the Foo Fight. Okay, you know me, and your audience is gonna now know. I, I tend to be. I tend <laughs> Here we go. to be very, Here we go. very. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's Alan. It opening. took to the forty-seven
1: minute mark to get to this point. <laughs> I love this.
0: I am yes, I'm a contrarian. I tend to be. I uh, if something is too popular, <laughs> I, I'm out. So. Yeah, uh, if I was
1: like, for example, Will Ferrell. Oh, come okay. on, I don't want to. I don't want to call him, right. him. Yeah, let's, let's. You don't like him. But
0: no, I mean, because okay, again, he's an ac album. It's the same character. Oh, uh, let me run around and scream, and uh, I'm crazy, and people are like, oh my god, that's so funny. Like old school. I, uh, yeah, I liked it uh, the first time that, when it was Animal House. Okay, <laughs> there's no reason. You know, oh, I'm sneaking, I'm sneaking, uh, ha ha. You got love handles, and I see your ass. Ba- that's yeah, that's comic gold, and it was just. If I heard one more person come up to me and go, "You're my boy Blue," I I, I, like I wanted to punch people in the the face so bad when they would go, "Oh, you're my boy Blue," and they would. Okay, I I think I was like
1: 21 when a movie came out, and that's like gold for me. That's like one of my like comedy like movies. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like that. Wedding Crashers and Super Troopers came out at the same time, so for me, it's like that's comic gold. You can't. They can't do any wrong. Well, Wedding Crashers was good. I like Wedding Crashers. Now, see, there's a little
0: bit of a romantic.
1: Will Farrell's in that film, up. too, though.
0: Yeah. Meatloaf mama. Yeah. And again, he's yelling at his mom. He's yelling. That's what he does. That's all. Yeah. He... Anyway. So. <laughs> what was. <laughs> that, was the your... rails on.
1: <laughs> that was your setup for contrarianism.
0: <laughs> right now, Josh is going, we just lost Will Ferrell. He just dropped us. On yeah, 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 yeah. He Just dropped us. Yeah.
1: That's what Josh needs another hat to wear, and that's going to be setting all these shows up for the guests. Right? That's a, that's he's not he's doing enough. Now that's we have hilarious. controversy. Uh, yeah. But
0: yeah, I, uh, Foo Fighters to me, uh, to me every song to me sounds the same, and I'm glad you said that because I felt I was the only person that felt that way. Because to me, it comes out with great riff, and he sings, and then they scream. Yeah. And then they scream and scream and scream.
1: And then that's it. And, and then then like the ne- next song, silence. And then we're gonna go do it the repeat, the exact same formula right. we just did. And people and love people it. Get so they love angry it. Dude. If you criticize it, I know. And like I right just now. feel like such a dick. Oh, I did <laughs> I said this la- I said this on Sunday when uh, Josh was talking about Pokemon Go, but I can already- I can literally <laughs> these headphones are so good I can hear the clicks of turning off this podcast already. <laughs> I can hear it when you start getting into these conversations. Huh? <laughs> Well, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, tell us why. Convince us why. But you're not going to. But you can try. I mean, I know a lot yeah. of guys.
1: Yeah. And I get it, man. Like everyone has their bands, and like it's, it's a Wrigley like, it feels Field like band. A
0: it's a Wrigley Field band to me. It's like, yep. And um, I've seen
1: them at Wrigley. It's it's
0: like uh, Dave Matthews band. Oh yep. my god! Dude, huh? another one. <laughs> another Every one. song. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh. I have a really good friend of mine who uh, he loved. He's always loved music. We, we were roommates together in the mid 20s. Lindsay, he's a great guy. Uh, but the 1920s. Yeah, 1920s. Wow. Um, uh, we I think we were like 24 to 27. We're talking about here. And uh, he was into music. He always loved that 90s like, grunge era. But then like he got into a group of people who love Dave Matthews. And he's been to probably 70 shows since that time period, you know? So he loves them. And I, I've gone to a show cause I was like that guy who just hated Dave Matthews. And I was like, why am I doing this crap? You know? And then I went to a show and we went into the pit. Like he, Lindsay upgraded our tickets into the, into the general admission. So I'm like, Oh, is I thought awesome. you meant
0: a, a Dave Matthews mosh pit. No, yeah, okay. that
1: was not going on. But you're sitting there, you're four rows in, and you, of course, dude, you're like, you're that close, and you're like, these guys are super talented.
0: Now, his band is very talented.
1: He's yeah. talented, too. Like, there's, he's got a, you, it's not an accident that he's as famous as he is. It's not. He's talented, and he does stuff. He does stuff. <laughs> but when it's just the, mu- and I found myself, and here's my true test when it comes to music documentaries and concerts, Okay. is how much do I listen to it after I just seen it? Okay. And I did listen to Dave Matthews for about 48 hours afterwards. So it wasn't the worst thing. Foo Fighters, on the other hand, I was like, couldn't wait to leave the show.
0: Okay, so was that the worst concert you've ever seen?
1: No. I'm sure there's more than that, dude. <laughs> okay. I mean, no. I guess maybe the best, the worst big band I've ever seen.
0: Okay, the worst show I've ever seen was The Grateful Dead at Soldier Field and Sting Open Form. And I know I sound like a contrarian, but I was really looking forward to this concert because yeah. I knew their work
1: wasn't a deadhead, but I knew their work. And like the police stuff doesn't suck, uh, you <laughs> know? It's like that's white reggae at its finest. Well, like,
0: well, Sting opens and nobody cares. I mean, no, he, nobody cared. And <laughs> I'm like, does anybody know? He's singing Roxanne. You want to grab your seats? Anybody? I think he's. I think that's coming up next. Nobody cared. And then the dead come on and they don't say
1: hello have you seen the dead no okay yeah because you're like 11. all right so i missed my i I missed oh i don't want to talk to people who've done grateful dead but generally speaking it's like i never took acid like i wish i would have if if i would have taken some kind of hallucinogenic i missed the window for that i would be all about the grateful dead because it's jam music dude okay well yeah yeah uh
0: i i enjoy their music going into this concert they don't say hello I was I was expecting So just like, playing
1: song one to fifteen twenty and just out. It
0: it starts it opens up, people go mad and it's all these and at the time it was like all these twenty something Chads and Trixies using their, you know, mom and dad's credit card to yeah. to buy tickets and T shirts and they're just like they come out and it's this blink 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 for three
1: hours. Then
0: there's a rain delay, which was awesome. Oh, that was
1: great. Rain delay as a concert should be outlawed. Just it cancel was the, the worst. damn thing. It was Just the worst the concert
0: thing. I had ever been to. It didn't help that the concert I went to previously was Metallica, which was one of the finest concerts. And
1: what 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 era are we talking about there? We're <laughs> talking Black Album there. <laughs> the Black Album, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's at 91. their height. Yeah, like that's you're seeing Metallica there.
0: Yeah uh they, they came out on time. Yeah. How you doing? Oh yeah. Should, you know, you, the stuff you expect and the Grateful Dead just took their fans for granted. I felt yeah. I I I I thought they were terrible.
1: That was pre-Lars marketing nightmare. Pre, you know? Yeah. That was pre He's actually uh, still cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Pre haircut, pre load album, mm-hmm. pre uh uh not Netflix. What was the the downloading service the music anyway? Napster. Napster. Yeah, yeah. pre-Napster.
1: Yep. Well, that was the beginning of the end for Lars, but they still seem to be doing pretty good.
0: I, they're, they have what I, I call uh, the rule of gratitude. Their original work was so incredible that they will always have fans, and I will always be a fan. Not of their recent work, but because of the incredible work they did in their early days, I will always be a fan. Same thing with George Lucas. Hmm. You know, he will always have my gratitude for Star Wars. The last three films he wrote and directed were terrible, and he almost ruined the franchise. But because of the initial work was so outstanding, that he'll always have my uh, loyalty and gratitude for that. And I think a lot of bands live on that.
1: You know who else loves Star Wars? Well, Josh. Josh. Show him, Josh. <laughs> show, him, show him, Josh. Watch this. This is insane. He's got to take his pants off. Boom. Darth Vader on his calf. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I wish I could move these cameras around so people could see that. Yeah. Huge Star Wars fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's a cool thing. We talked about this on a podcast prior. I, I just, I don't I don't care enough more than I, like, I, I enjoy it, but I don't care about it, like a lot of people.
0: Well, you're also, uh, judging from your bookshelves, yeah, you're a high intellectual. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah.
1: I like to tell myself that. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Uh,
0: for your uh, listeners, I mean, we've got everything. Kafka and... and what what? Are you looking at sorry. No, I am ju- my eyes are weathering right.
1: heights. <laughs> I really I give a shout out uh, to my local uh my school but man that was a magical time Purdue University Northwest and uh, I was like the greatest time of my life. I and I was an English major there so that's why a lot of these books come up but um, Ernest
0: Heming- yeah. Hemingway? Hemingway yeah that guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fries are done? What is that? Yeah, pizza rolls? Yeah, that's a text. Oh. That's a text uh, going through my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Only pro stuff we're doing around here. That's all we do. We set it all up, man. Fries um, are done. Yeah. So the uh, what were we just talking about? though? Metallica. That's where I wanted to get to. Metallica is one of those bands that exactly I feel that way with Foo Fighters. I've seen Metallica twice, and both times I left there, like, yes. okay, cool. Done oh, it. really? I was not into it at all no I swear man I, I don't i don't get it i don't get the metallica love i i loved her like when i was in high school okay around that same area of like AC/DC and uh um like rolling stones right and Jimi hendrix and when you're kind of and led zeppelin four and you're just getting into it tuch has a great uh quote about that it's like as long as there's 18 year old males there will be acdc oh yeah it's a great, <laughs> that's it's a great, yeah that's absolutely it's true true 100 and because it's like the introduction to rock it's rock 101 black right sabbath. black sabbath the whole thing um, and then they were in that, and so when I started getting further. I started listening to Ride the Lightning, and then I started listening to Masters of Puppets, and all that stuff. And it was cool. It just never kind of, and then it just, it just never resonated with me. But I get it. I mean, the musicianship is on an all time high, and it's kind of making a type of pop metal that just I don't even know if it's even happened since.
0: Right. I think it's also that whole movement, that whole era was kind of. Yeah, I'm sure you could do a psychological study on it, where you could say people were in it because you know there was an, that angst that they can tap into when you're a, a male teenager or a teenager in general. And you can tap into that. The fact that I remember kids would wear Motley Crue t-shirts and like the ne- most decadent band t-shirts and they would almost wear them like a suit of armor. You know, it, it, was, it was a non-verbal way of them saying, uh, don't mess with me because I'm tough you know look at the bands i listened to and it might be it could have been you know the most insecure kid in the world who just had to listen to that because it felt like they it gave them power because other people may be intimidated by it and the more controversy around ozzy osbourne and, mm-hmm. you know rat or whatever and, and you know the controversy that didn't hit kiss actually so but black sabbath and and god i remember the first time i listened to them i was like <laughs> this is evil. This is awesome. Yep. But that's one of those young. albums. That like if was... I listen to it now, I, I might have fun with it. But I, I think you know, what you're saying is you are not, uh, you know, you're past that intellectually. You're, you you do not have that angst. You don't, you're actually curious. And, and those bands don't answer a curiosity. They yeah. don't expand the mind into say the way, Pearl Jam would or sure. you know, something like that.
1: There are people out there that can listen to the same song five million times and like never even like like you know bet nigh, like there's people that can do that, um, and like for me, I need to constantly be stimulated in a new way to okay. be to yeah. be able to enjoy it the same way I did when I first listened to it. Okay. So like with ACDC, I can't like it feels like an era of my life. Maybe if I saw them, it'd be kind of cool, and that might make me come back and listen to them, but. I have an expiration date, so I don't want to say that like it's my it's my problems that I'm dealing with when it comes to being <laughs> critical about music. <laughs> okay. People listening who don't care about music that much should not feel like I'm talking down to you or like I'm being an asshole. So you're I the only really, really, I really don't want to come off that way because I do appreciate all the levels of music, even though I don't respect it. So the you,
0: you're the guy in the front row at every concert that wears a T-shirt that just says "It's not you, it's me."
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Maloney has a great story of some guy at a concert. Uh, the a band came out and he just flicked off the band the entire time. Yeah, that's great. For, that's great. Yeah, like I don't have any, he had like a huge like punk rock, uh, what do they call that thing? What do, they, what do they call it? Where they cut it in one end, it's like really tall? What the, Jesus. Mohawk, <laughs> Mohawk. Mohawk. Okay. Mohawk. Yeah. But he's into that. And like, it's funny because you talk about symbolism with bands. It made me think of that like late 70s New York punk era. Yeah. Where it's like they were using the Nazi flag as yeah. like, their, like a rallying cry and like... I was reading a book called Please Kill Me where they tried to explain that. It's like an oral history of that punk time. I still don't understand it. But that's so funny how like we're talking about using symbols the right way. But there's a symbol over there where it's like it just epitomized that like we're going to get into a, a alley fight. Right. You yeah. know, like well, it didn't make the, any you're sense. You're picking a fight. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's the same thing that, you know, those guys in Charlottesville were doing. They're, they're looking to pick a fight. And those symbols mean a hell of a lot. I mean, it's, it's surprising. When Kiss goes to Germany, they cannot use those S's. The S's have to be rounded because it's illegal to reference any kind of Nazi uh, coincidence hmm. or not. Which so they're bringing coincidence. the double
1: SS on their, 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 uh, their brand, their title.
0: It's ironic because three of the members are Jewish. Three of the original members are Jewish. Wow. So, uh, yeah, until I learned that, I didn't know that. You know, I was a kid, I didn't know that. Once I learned that, I was like, oh, that's, you know, they claim that it's coincidental. But I don't hmm. know. Like, come on. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, when they go to Germany, it has to be a rounded S. And if you look at that stage, it sucks. The big KISS logo with a rounded S is terrible. It's terrible. Hmm. It just doesn't have that impact.
1: I'll anymore. have to look that up when, we're, when we wrap up here. Yeah, yeah. Because that'd be interesting to see. So is there anything else going on locally that you're kind of into? Is there any kind of like, uh, I know we've we've kind of gone all across the uh, border here when it comes to marketing and bands and music and stuff, but is there anything going on that, uh, oh, your Dodgers were in the World Series. Yeah, that yeah. was well, how do you feel about Game uh, I was, Seven,
0: dude? It, I, I feel they didn't show up at Game Seven. I felt there were six incredible games, and Game Seven, once that fifth run came through, that was they were done. You could you could see it; they're done. And then they're like, put Kershaw in. I'm like, why? What What? Okay. So it won't be eleven to yeah. one. I mean, you could tell when the bats are down; you just know it. You you know baseball far more than anybody I know. I mean, you must have sensed it. You could see it. I mean, why was Darvish left in? to to, to, the, to
1: do that. Um, well it comes down to philosophical style and I don't think yeah. when it comes to, when it comes to pitching in particular, uh, Dave Roberts has given me the impression from a distance. I'm not saying I watch every Dodger game, but that he has no idea what he's doing when it comes to pitching managing it. Mm. And that's okay. I mean th- we all have and, uh, weaknesses and strengths right And he's probably really good at like understanding small ball. And moving runners over, not that they practice that too much on the Dodgers because I mean all those guys are like Jock Peterson out never leave? took a swing.
0: Ninety two guys on base in, in game seven. Did yeah. You know, maybe little... Yeah.
1: Maybe he's a good manager of people. Maybe that's it. But I like, think he's I...
0: a good manager if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And he's a stickler for that. When they went through that losing streak, uh, he didn't change a thing. You know, and and they came out of it. And I think that's what he believes I mean he was part of the what they call it? the the idiots and mm-hmm. the 04 Red Sox. He was part of that. Right, so the
1: Jack Daniels, the shot before, yeah, uh, before they went on their run, exactly. Uh,
0: and lore, and bringing this back to your topic on the show, uh, I've been a Dodgers fan since I was seven. Like I said, uh, again, it's that brandy. There's something about that that caught my eye. It was my first little league team, so I paid attention to them. But that Dodgers logo, the history, Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax, Branch the, Rickey, the fact that the they, I believe, should be America's team. If there is an America's team for baseball, a lot of people like to say it's the Cubs. I would say no. It's How could you say that when the Dodgers were the first to integrate? Hmm. How could you possibly call any other team America's team? But
1: Well, anytime that we're going to still be thinking about the the nationalism of winning a, the biggest war in the mankind, of like we did when it comes to World right. War II, we're going to put those people on pedestals that are like the Yankees and the Cowboys who can combine that. That, that, that mixture of fielding super good teams and winning championships and looking good doing it. Right. So until like we, well that, that's like embedded in our Americanism. You know what I'm saying? I, I still
0: believe that uh, Denver and Tampa Bay with those weak orange and, and and blue colors, until they changed it, they were never going to win a Super Bowl. No way. They changed their color and their logo and it got aggressive. They win Super Bowls.
1: There's been a real uh, revitalization of some of these ugly uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Tampa Bay is t- one of them. Like Diamondbacks are what terrible. What like, <laughs> You look at what they're doing, and you're just like, why are you gotta, Why do you have a two toned hat? Why are you doing that? <laughs> like who? Who like what rapper is wearing two toned hats? You I know? know, I don't know. Um, it's just interesting the Dodgers stuff because you've been a Dodgers fan uh, since I've known you, of course, and you said you you were as a kid. But it's interesting because we both had a love for Vin Scully. Yes. Um, we both appreciate. I appreciate the Dodgers' lore. I think the only thing I really have to hold against them is that they beat up my White Sox in '59, but I right. wasn't around for that. So I don't really have <laughs> right. no emotional tie. Um, but it's just an interesting history for a franchise, especially one that's kind of embedded. Like people don't realize it's the third oldest stadium in baseball at this yeah. point, which is crazy to that's think insane. about. I mean, that, that's know? more of
0: a criticism of, of the ownership and and. The- <sighs>
1: My yeah. wife is so funny talking about Dodger Stadium. We went there last year. Right. You remember that for our honeymoon, and uh, she thinks it's the biggest dump she's ever walked wow. into. She and then she'll say that like because the the seats are like yellow and they're that like light blue, and then that center field background yeah. is yeah. just like there's speakers and it looks like they just throw a bunch of shit they didn't want back there.
0: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the
1: weird lights that go on when there's a home run. Yeah, it's like, it's these like you just see some guy with the light switch going yeah. up and down, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, it's like they're sitting under a shed room. Right. <laughs> You know, it's like it's not the greatest thing in the world. No. But dude, the four stories behind home plate okay. is impressive. Okay. That was really cool about the stadium. Worst hot dog I've ever had. Dodger dog. Um Last that me. that dude. It was <laughs> unedible and I could eat anything, Martin. I literally pride myself in not being picky. I could eat anything. I had to put it away. I had to throw it away. Wow. Yeah, it's brutal. It was like this, uh so I got it in the seventh inning. That doesn't help, right? <laughs> So maybe if it would have been like first inning Dodger dog, I were talking about a different one here. So let me, let me, let me at least apologize to the Dodger <laughs> Stadium staff that it's, it have got might have been the leadoff dog. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But we went like we went to like this uh, Mexican restaurant right before because it's Fourth Street is supposed to be like this big thing. So we went there in LA. So I was stuffed, you know. So I was like, but I got to eat a Dodger dog. Forced one down in the seventh thing, I was like, enough. I can't do it. Can't do it. Took two bites and it was over. How many stadiums have you yet to cross off? Yet your list? to go to. Yeah. So I've been to, I've been to 19. Wow. So I don't know what that reason. It's so like, I'm, I'd have to do like a survey to see exactly which ones.
0: Okay. Is there anything on your list that you need to go to yet?
1: Yeah. Well, the tough ones now are like the West Coast. So like the ones that aren't on like, cause like Oakland and San Francisco is pretty cool. Cause you can knock two out in one time. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Seattle, if you get crazy. I've been there. I would love to go there. Okay. Um, I haven't been there yet, but the, uh, but like Arizona and Colorado. There's nothing else around there. So you've literally either got to go there and spend time in those cities or you've got to kind of make it a stop and then get back on a plane or get in the car to go to another one if you're doing a baseball trip. Yeah,
0: that's true. The only So other it's reason, tough. Yeah, and in training camp, it's not open. So, not open, yeah.
1: so you're missing it there too. And yeah. you might be able to catch an exhibition game possibly, but uh, yeah, um, that's not the same. Everybody knows that. You know, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, hey, buddy, come hey, on, Come buddy. on, buddy, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I think out of my favorites, uh, since you've asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: say, Alan, what are your favorites from your experience? Josh, what's my line? Okay.
1: Uh, hey, Alan. <clears throat> but yeah, no, uh, Boston by far is my favorite. And then City Field. City Field is the most uh, modern one that I enjoyed. Really? Yeah.
0: Better than uh, Baltimore or uh, San Francisco. Haven't been to Baltimore and haven't been to San Francisco. San Francisco destroys everything, I guess. (laughs) Dude, it looks beautiful. I've seen pictures. Pittsburgh.
1: Pittsburgh? Yeah,
0: PNC Park. I've been to Pittsburgh. Okay, that's a really cool one. They have a steakhouse underneath Center Field. Hmm, like a four-star linen tablecloth steakhouse. No way. So I guess you can eat steak while you go. What, 19 years without your team going to a playoff appearance?
1: That made like me think change. of Toronto Skydome when they have the hotel windows in the center field. And like every once in a while, pe- they catch people banging up there. <laughs> they really do. It's a real That's a true no, story. Come yeah, on. dude. There's times where like security has to go to the hotel room because the glass is literally like there's like 20 rooms up there. The glass is into the outfield.
0: Well, that has to be intentional because there's no way a couple is oh, not yeah. surprised. Like, oh my God. There's oh, a we're baseball at a stadium? <laughs> 30,000 people might
1: be watching,
0: 40,000. Meanwhile, they open it up, they see the couple, and then there's also a lighting man again. a guy yeah. with a boom mic. The guy reading the script. It's Josh and me. It's, <laughs> it's Local 219's next production.
1: <laughs> <laughs> local 219 presents yeah. After Dark. <laughs> uh, but they've been doing that. There's just been a weird like trend in baseball Here is that go, they go Blue to J's. like the uh <laughs> Here we go. that. <laughs> It's not just us too Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, those road trips, man. Oh, um <laughs> <laughs> but that's been a real trend <laughs> with those stadiums is those center fields they've been doing like a lot of crazy stuff with them like Arizona has the uh, jacuzzi yeah do you remember that year where the Dodgers clinched in Arizona and then they all jumped in it Yep. that was crazy uh, I don't know why that was funny but, but um it was Miami's funny. crazy Miami's like whatever they got in center left center field I have no idea what These that people is people
0: not paying attention to the game They're, they've got the same thing there's a jacuzzi or a pool or something like that and I'm like come on yeah okay first of all I, I'm if I'm going to a ball game, I want to watch the ball game. I'm not there for all the other side attractions. And that is one of the problems I have with Wrigley Field. I loved going to Wrigley Field. I loved the Cubs. And then, you know, I went there for college, and the more games I went to, the more I'm like, they don't – my feeling was that they weren't, people weren't there for the game. They were there for the experience and the, and the beer.
1: Yeah. And Well, have you ever read uh, – what is it? George Will's a little place on the north side. I got that book. I'll okay, let you. but it's it. It explains that that was on purpose, right? So that was all a marketing concept that they've been thinking about through their entire era, that they've they made it they purposely made it a spectacle because it took the pressure off of building a winning team, right?
0: Arnie Harris, the producer, would show all the good looking people in the crowd. Yep. They made sure to do that. So and Harry was great at that, too. And Harry was fantastic at just that. Setting them up, man. And the White Sox, you know, they did the opposite. They hurt, they hurt their fans. We're going on pay TV. We're going on sports channel. We're doing this. And then they build a stadium that just turns, you know, I mean, the, that people use as a model to not use. And they've done a great job trying to bring it back a little bit. And I hope they keep doing it because they've let the Cubs take. The city of Chicago from them, hmm. you know, and the White Sox have a great history, and they need to embrace that.
1: So. Well, I, the talking about the past is tough with the Sox because there's just been so many missteps. You know, it's like it, luckily they're not as bad as the Bulls from a marketing standpoint right now because that's unwatchable. <laughs> like you just really just for some reason hate the team you're supposed to like. It right. doesn't make any sense. Um, the White Sox though, in particular, it's like they were. They were the victim of their own circumstance, unfortunately, yeah. with the stadium, right? So, yeah. like, they, they built it at the time when the modern stadium, the, the push of new stadiums didn't really happen. They were on the forefront of it, and right. they just shit the bed yeah, they on, across the board, right? From a and architectural- knocking, down,
0: knocking down old Comiskey. Yeah. Think about that. If that was still up, I think you'd have such an incredible good rivalry. And people would be packing that stadium. Just oh like yeah. And you're right. And now you're you, right. there's nothing. I mean, you talk about Dodger Stadium. If your wife felt that was cold, and and the, uh, when I first went to the new cell, it was uh, sterile.
1: sterile. Sterile. Sterile is the best way I've ever heard it explained. Sterile is the best way.
0: We were so far away from the field. You just, you didn't feel like you were there. Yeah. And especially if you knew Comiskey and old Comiskey was beautiful. That place is beautiful. So.
1: You just made me think that the White Sox destroyed all their history by doing that and almost had to revitalize their fan base, because you can't really bring people back from like a historical perspective, being like, oh, you're seeing history here at a yeah. new U.S. cellular field, or whatever the hell, with the down arrow now, um, guaranteed rate field. Yeah I mean, it's just
0: they gave, them, they gave the city a World Series win, and they're clingy, you know I mean that, And it wasn't that long ago yeah uh, they they need to change that around hopefully they'll do it by nothing brings them in like a winner and that's what they're doing so i hope that's what they do because
1: you really hope so dude because wrigley
0: is insane that look there's no culture around there anymore you know it's 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 what would you call it cub 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 world now
1: yeah you know? yeah Oh, it is cub world for sure Hotel. I mean,
0: everything is going to be Cubs this, Cubs that, Cubs this, Cubs that. Yeah. And the
1: only thing you don't see is like people walking around like Disney World with like Theo Epstein faces and like walking around <laughs> taking pictures and signing books that they're not even them. And I stuff, don't know, you know? man. Like, it's, it's, but it's coming. It's coming. Close. It's it's coming. Close. When they get their new network, yeah. uh, I don't know right. when that date is. I don't know off the top of my head. That's going to just blow that place up. they the, the well, It's Yankees. already blown up. Yeah. Yeah. They're worse than the Yankees because like even around Yankee Stadium, there's nothing. Okay. They've got everything. They've yeah. got hotels, they've got parking. It's brilliant moves, dude. There's there's so many smart people at the good top smart. of that yeah, organization the are doing right a good now.
0: job. They're they it's it's their world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, interestingly though, I think that they're not they are they I, I could give them a little criticism right now. The Cubs. Go ahead. I think I'm it, sure they're listening. I'm sure they are too. They really care about what I think. Theo's on on the phone right now waiting for it. Um It's the uh it's, it's really the roster. I just, I just think they went a year without addressing the bullpen. They should have addressed it the year before. And I think they're making some moves when it comes to the bench coaches and stuff. That mm-hmm. seems a little bit more um, a position. It's not a very big position of power no. that you would think a team coming off of a World Series would have. Right.
0: I think you know? uh, a big mistake they they made was keeping Schwarber. Yeah, he belongs in the American League. Yep. He's built for the American League. He is a DH if I've ever seen a DH. He cannot field well, and he's improved, mm-hmm. but he still messes up. They held on to him because he's a fan favorite. You know, he had such a great World him. Series. And you're like, yeah, but it, the smart thing to do is play the man while he's hot. Trade him while he's hot. And they didn't. They sat on it. Mm-hmm. So you got blanked. I mean, they, they won one game against the Dodgers, but they were embarrassed like the Mets embarrassed them two seasons prior. Yeah. I mean, they didn't show up. So
1: it and- is a good atmosphere in baseball right now. Wrigley Field, it is cool. I uh, Amber and I had a chance to go this year and the year before a couple times, and uh, yeah, it's like there's the people are into the game and now. Like I feel like in the past it was just like it was really like an amateur hour. Yeah. People are actually there to watch the game now, and they're there before the first pitch more so than it used to be you know like they're actually they do care yeah and like even i I know i i know i mentioned i don't want white Sox fans to feel like i'm turning on the team i i i feel like the creation of the early u.s cellular feeler comiskey park was a nightmare they've done a lot since a lot a lot since i still think that it's a little too not sterile i would say but it's definitely too um capitalist in a way i guess in a weird um, too commercial. Too commercial a little bit. I think that the green seats were a good idea. That was solid. Right. The fun zone in left left field. The new scoreboard. Sweet. Um, the food is the food second is, to yeah. none. Right. Incredible. I wish this. I wish the lower bowl was a little closer to the foul lines. Okay. That'd be my one thing I, if I could change anything.
0: What I what I do appreciate is that they are putting pieces of history where Canerco's ball landed in the. World
1: That's Series, cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: where. Uh, what's his name, caught the... Uh, Dwayne Wise? Dwayne, thank you. Dwayne Wise yeah. made that incredible... That's my favorite White Sox moment. I, I almost think I love Burley's perfect game more than the World Series. Really? It was such an incredible game, and that catch and the substitution of Dwayne Wise right before <laughs> yeah. that ball was hit to him. Yeah. And the fact that they've, they've uh, marked it, and it's simply called the catch. There's more history coming to the cell. Or, sorry, guaranteed low rate. Guaranteed, guaranteed rate. rate. Whatever. We suck uh, field or something. <laughs> and, uh, Pretty
1: much what they're telling people. We suck. This is we suck field. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, but they're exciting. What's the worst? The worst team in the league was exciting in the last 50 games.
1: Ricky's boys. Right. <laughs> Give me a little heat that one time. Throw it around here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, but I'm, I am excited about it. I think it's cool. The stadium, I mean, it, it is what it is. I do enjoy going to it. I was always critical that they didn't have a Hall of Fame because when you do do this tour of, of stadiums, they do usually have a Hall of Fame there. And it's just cool to take a tour of history and like another way where they're just kind of ignoring it. You're right. But there is a Hall of Fame in the scout seat. So if you ever sit there, oh, okay. it's like right below home plate and they, like you go through the tunnel to get to the restaurant. They have a whole Hall of Fame down there. Yeah, so, but, but, but like, who sees yeah, that, right. you know, 200 people. Right. So, um, but yeah, that's a sad state of that organization, but at least the Dodgers are like right there and they're, they've been competing. They've been at least competitive for f- at least seven to 10 years. Uh, the
0: league needs it. The league needs your, uh, you know, the, the, the parody is no longer, you know, the, I, the league wanted Yankees LA, you know, everybody kind of wanted that, but, uh, it's good for Houston. I like seeing a smaller market do well, uh, you know, and it's a shame that the, the White Sox are a smaller market, you know, in one of the biggest markets mm-hmm. they can be, but it's the way it is. That's why I root for them so much because they're the underdog in their own city. They, you know, they're always the visitor when, even when they're home, and that's <sighs> a shame, and that needs to change, you know, uh, and hopefully the fans will just go, look, I'm going to follow the game, not the crowd. And-
1: so, Martin, you own the White Sox right now. What do you do? What do you do to change the the culture?
0: Uh, I go into the fan base that exists. I show them. I show the diversity of that fan base, the diversity of the team that truly is more representative of the diversity of that city. Uh, When I go to the game, it's more on the south side. I feel they follow the game more. I feel, you know, again... Follow the game, not the crowd. I when I go to Wrigley, it's it's. I feel like I'm not with other Chicagoans almost. Like where you? Oh, we're from Tulsa. We had to come here. We had to see it. Uh, I I feel Wrigley now, as always, was just a trending thing. But if I own the Sox, I would take back Chicago. I would say, look, you know, many might even say this is getting a little underhanded or nasty, but. Look at Wrigley field look at the stands okay look at look at the bleachers now look at the cell who whose fans are more diverse
1: uh, yeah you that's a, I mean, that's a no-brainer
0: it, 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 and I think they need to kind of uh, to grab that and say you know we're, we're the and, and, not, and not just in in race but occupation you know I mean it costs much a more blue hell of a lot of money to, uh, to go to Wrigley. And it's not getting any cheaper. Mm-hmm. And it, it pretty soon it's going to be an exclusive club that, you know, only the certain ones that can can get into it. But the cell is not. Cell has family nights. Cell has Sunday, you know, Sundays, right? Isn't that when they have? Yep. Kind of keep that up. But they've got to get just a winning team and some pride yep. and, and tell the fans they're invested. Because right now, like you said, it's the same ownership of the Bulls. So people are just going to say, why should I give them my heart when, when, they don't care
1: right i mean it it comes to the point if you don't care why should we and then, especially it makes it it makes it a problem when you're dealing with the pr nightmare of that yeah they're not controlling it either
0: and there isn't anything around there you don't know the cell there's tailgating that is it
1: and the tailgating is like i love tailgating but i don't want to go and eat my shitty grilled food when i know (laughs) there's a nacho helmet around the corner do you know what i'm saying? <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like they're doing like 35th Street Tacos is in there. It's like the Cuban Comets are in there. Yeah. It's like you can just go to town and just gorge. And like, why would I want to do that before? I'm taking away the whole awesomeness of the stadium. And,
0: you know, how many bags, how many games of bags can you play?
1: Yeah. You're yeah, kind of like, oh, okay, come on. I've been over bags for like five years. <laughs> it's, five, yeah. seven years. I've been over bags since I came out. <laughs> that's a, a contrarian. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, someone is enjoying something oh. <laughs> too much? That sucks.
0: <laughs> are you having fun? Well, I'm over it. Okay? <laughs> well, did you try it?
1: Yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Beatles are overrated. Good call.
0: <laughs> don't get me started on the Beatles. No, no, we're not even going to. No. Dude, I do not want to no, kill assassination in this
1: room today. I don't,
0: I don't. have. No, seriously, I, I have no problem with the Beatles. I, I absolutely Good. love them. Uh, no, it's, I don't know. I, I don't like mediocrity. I don't like predictability, you know, uh, not when it comes to humor or music and stuff like that. Like, so
1: So then that's, so you're saying that is a, is a detriment of the band or that... I'm not. I'm not sure.
0: I'm still going back to bashing uh, Will Ferrell. Okay. Okay, <laughs>
1: okay. I was like, man, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on that one. The um, and I'm fresh right now. I've been doing a lot of Beatles research.
0: Okay. No. <laughs> no. I. I just. I'm amazed at the Beatles. I, can, I. I. I swear, Paul McCartney. Does he? How many times in his life, as busy as a man is, does he ever just stop and go, Jesus, God. I was in the Beatles what we did
1: you know it's so long ago for him that we were talking about this Josh is 27 right now he, th- by, the, by his age they've already broken up Paul yeah. McCartney yeah. was 26 27 when they when broke up when I was up. born they, yeah. they broke up that's insane to think about before he was 30 he put in that kind of legacy yeah. that whole band did yes. that's insane you think like in like history you think that they were around for 30 years it's, it's 7 years and they were in and out, and they did what they wanted to do,
0: and it, and I believe George Martin is the fifth wheel, the Oh producer. yeah, I mean if it weren't for him,
1: no doubt, no doubt. Uh, and I think anytime you kind of look into it further, that's exactly what you find. Yeah, is that he was super influential, especially with it comes to like the, uh, the path they ended up taking in progression and growth. So I, he was he was definitely it. It's just a, such a that band is just such a like a first for so many and i'm a big fan of influencing because i like the i like the history of it right so that's why
0: and when i hear people go well you have to choose it's either them or the rolling stones i'm like why (laughs) why is there a
1: choice why is everything
0: a choice now in america Yeah. i mean when i was growing up the cub socks rivalry yeah it was there but it wasn't ugly now it's
1: it's killer dude it's
0: just kind of disgusting you know you're like i with you, man. a bunch of millionaires at the bottom line. There are a bunch of millionaires that really yep. don't care. I mean, you think Jose Quintana, you know, went through some soul searching as he was putting on, you know, taking off the socks and putting on the Siders uniform? No. Well, but what was, was kind of funny was I knew he was not going to be very effective. And there was a little schadenfreude <laughs> and when he just tanked. What was that game?
1: It was the last one he pitched, right? Yeah. So Didn't to make it, it out of
0: the second. That was wonderful, and then people were saying it was a Trojan horse sent by the South Side to to, to mess up the Cubs' postseason run. The Sox
1: had like I think they had a representation on almost every team in the playoffs. Yeah, <clears throat> that, yeah. Were, that was at one point a White Sox. Yeah, I mean, it, I still I always thought those last couple of years were they were way more talented than they played. Yeah, and that they fucking they hold on the Ventura for so long, dude. Yeah, they they held they on to him for two more years than they needed to. Yes, yeah. But that's that's classic White Sox, you know.
0: Well, that's right, because we'll get um, Joe. We'll get Joe from the Yankees, from the Bronx. Now, oh, Girardi. Yeah,
1: who's a northsider anyway? I'd feel so bad for Rick. Rick's that'd be the second time he yeah. would be screwed by those guys. Yeah, but going back to your list thing, okay, I'm with you on that, man. I feel like why do I always have to make a choice on, especially the best? Right. It, it's like so infuriating because like even when you're halfway into the conversation, you realize that you're shitting on the second best of all time. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You yeah. know, and you're like, wait a minute, why that's, that's like, why am I like the LeBron James Steph Curry conversation? Yeah. It happens a lot in basketball. It's like right. fodder for it. Right. Yeah. It's like we got to say why LeBron James isn't great. Er, than Michael Jordan. (laughs) I'll go back to the Jordan comment because it's even better. To Jordan, the Jordan, uh, LeBron, because Jordan never left the Bulls. And it's like, but why are we shitting on the other guy who's like, literally, this is his era. Right. Why does he have to be Jordan? Jordan wasn't Magic Johnson. No. Right? Jordan wasn't Will Chamberlain, so why? And I'm sure he dealt with that comparison in the 90s. It it always happens. It always happens. But it just seems
0: so heated now with social media. But it's unnecessary. Like, uh, you love Pearl Jam. Does that mean I have to say, well, there were no Nirvana? No. no, I just go, okay, good. Why do you love Pearl Jam? Okay, cool. All right. I, I don't understand why people have to just... It, it's, it goes back to that so-and-so sucks. This sucks. That sucks. You know, yeah. like... like. Okay, I'm guilty year, of it. I'm guilty of it at times, dude. Dodgers suck because they lost game seven. You know, last year, Indians suck because they lost game seven of the World Series. I, no, they don't suck. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And the worst is when you hear from from people whose teams do suck. Like when you're a Bears fan. Dude, they suck. No, they don't. We suck, okay? We suck. Yeah.
1: And luckily for that, that's at least been the least watchable this year.
0: I just thank God for the Browns. Because yeah, if yeah. it weren't for the they Browns. They set the standard so low. <laughs> if it weren't for the Cleveland Browns, everybody would go, well, at least we're not the Bears. How could a
1: team be that
0: bad? How can they be a fr- – I'm surprised their franchise license hasn't been revoked.
1: Yeah, like, they're you terrible. Think, man, that's just such a sad thing, especially when you're a fan of that city. That's brutal. Like, at least they got, the Indians had some success. The Cavs won, a, won a, you know yeah. NBA Finals. They've been in it for every year, it seems like. But damn, dude, that sucks. Everything they do is wrong. And no matter Everything. what pick they make, no matter how surefire it's going to be, just, nope, it's not going to happen nope. for them.
0: No, nope. no, they're jinxed. They're cursed.
1: They do have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though. They'll <laughs> always have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, the- Brings in a lot of people, I'm sure. <laughs> Northwest Indiana, we have a bigger population than Cleveland. Really? Yeah. We're bigger than Cleveland or Cincinnati. Wow. It's one of the things so, I yeah, try to, a lot to, to take in. Yeah, it's one of the marketing aspects I try to express to people in the city of Chicago about the station we worked at. You know, you have a collective audience that listens, invest in them. You know, people, so many people in Chicago for good or for bad, either don't think about Northwest Indiana, or if they do, they assume that seriously, that it's farmland once you get across the Borman. And that's not true at all. And once they find out, I mean, you see it, your your neighborhood is blowing up here. The smart people are, are making the move to Northwest mm-hmm. Indiana, but a, culturally, I would say no. And uh, Rob Earnshaw, who, who works for uh, the Times, had a great quote. And uh, I think Local 219 might uh, fit this description but he said northwest indiana to chicago should be what brooklyn is to man Oops. brooklyn is to manhattan yeah and that is a center of culture and arts and craft beer and uh and kind of just this hip cool place to live an hour away from one of the greatest cities in the world and for some reason there's kind of this older generation kind of um Resentment toward the city, which I don't understand at all. And I'll never get that. You know, the people that decide, oh, I'm a Colt fan. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But why? Well, I'm not in Chicago. I'm in Indiana. Yeah, yeah but yeah. we grew up with the Bears. Okay, that's our team too. Yeah. No, it's not. Chicago sucks. Again, <laughs> Chicago sucks. No, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, so, I think there's a lot of potential bringing it all the way back to <laughs> four hours ago when we started this conversation of local two one nine there's so much potential here now, and I think you're tapping in right at the the, the exact right time and you're the exact right people to do it and i th- I think you're gonna just explode and I think within a year from now, you'll be turning people away from your podcast politely you know or trying to line it up uh Josh will have Emmys, you know. And,
1: and Man, I so. will cry at that speech. It's been a long time since I've cried. I will cry at your Emmy speech, Josh. <laughs> make sure make sure when you're on camera, though, you
0: do show that Darth Vader tattoo. At all times,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. He's actually getting the local nine tattoo. See, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, we've got it. So we're, uh, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but if there's any tattoo artists that would like a little free pub to tattoo my boy here. God, there's so
0: it. many around here.
1: Show. oh yeah we're going to be uh so we Talented. want to we want to get film out. it as a promo nice okay. for the release in march and so he's going to be he's he's, he's uh said that he wants to get the local two and nine tap where's that going dude have you decided uh i was thinking like right on the side of the <laughs> face oh oh good okay yeah yeah no uh either either on this leg or on this arm okay one
0: of the two yeah that that's that's See that you know you are doing something right when people are getting ink.
1: Hey, it ain't me man, it's just, he's he's just as part of this as much as I am. I mean, he's been like literally, like I said, he's been the number two guy, dude. Like he's been um, really adding in a lot of stuff, and it's been awesome. And plus, we're related, uh, we through family, so he's Amber's cousin. So it's gotten it's been like another like uh, double entendre. For are you me. kidding? Oh, no, okay. I swear to God, yeah. So. Uh, we, uh, we, we get it. This is like a chance for us to really get to spend a lot of time together too, which is kind of cool. Okay, good. Yeah. So we really enjoy it. And like to see like where the little battles that we're winning has been, that's been fun. I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but that's been fun for me. And he seems like he enjoys it. Well, Well, like I said,
0: maybe in a six months to a year, when I call you guys up, I'll be talking to your people.
1: Oh, that'll never happen. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, but best right now it's like, I'm only focused on today and tomorrow and we'll see where it goes, you know? Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that's lining up and I hope that it kind of comes through. It's a, it's an ebb and flow right now. It's like, it's a long season, dude. Yeah. And I got to keep reminding myself 162 that. 162 games. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we're, we we know we're in the first month. We had a hot April, but, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's now May, you, don't you know, want to swoon in June and die in July. Yeah, yeah. You know? yep. So that's the, uh, that's, that's the problem right now. Um, but it's like, again, we haven't had any, like people have been reaching out. That's been cool. And I'm really excited. I know you and I have a meeting after this. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to hear talk about that stuff, and it's been really cool, man. It's been so overly positive and been great. I can't really. I've been actually. I've, I was telling the, uh, somebody I was with today. This is the most fun I've had doing this. Even though I'm like, I, like it's not even feel like work. I'm I'm having like, you such much, so much fun. Yeah. Um, but it is. Uh, I, I haven't had this much fun since like college. I would say. Nice. And that was like I, you know I've had a lot of. I've been very blessed to have a lot of great times. But, but, but don't get me wrong. Getting married to my wife Other than your was wedding, really right. amazing. Yeah, sorry, the microphone. But mic professionally, went out. we're talking. You were, we're talking that and your mic went out, <laughs> so it
0: didn't. Yeah. yeah, but
1: and then make sure you cut to the different camera on that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been cool getting a chance to meet everybody. And That's really what I love about it is just kind of making more friends, and uh, that's th- that goal has been accomplished. We're doing some cool shit along the way. I'm hoping that we can start getting more content going here because that'll be, I think, the that's that's when
0: like the Dunkin' Donuts spot. Parody. Yes, yes, which we that, gotta, that'll we gotta be a, share I, later. It's an honor to be a part of this. So thank you guys for having me on the show. I, I cool really appreciate it.
1: Well, there'll be longer, there'll be more times than this. So uh, thanks for stopping in, Martin. Um, it was a great time. I think we were a little over two hours. What was the record? Or, what, what did wait, Maloney do? Two no 15? hours. So it was hour fifteen we were on. And what? Oh, how did even, I didn't even come close to Maloney then. Well, I, we had the we had the problems too with the cameras and oh, the they stopped okay. recording and That's it was true. like a weird thing. So okay. he was in here longer, but okay. it's good. But thank you for coming in, man. It really <laughs> been great. You. And then uh, I will be on anytime. Let me know. Cool. Um, follow us on local two one nine on Instagram on Twitter. It's local underscore two one nine. Facebook. It's local two one nine. Um, keep following us there. We really appreciate the support. It's been awesome. People reaching out and just making relationships every day like we just talked about is like the best thing ever. So keep coming on. Keep sending those messages. Uh, I'm running the social media, so you'll be talking directly to me. Uh, Martin, do you have anything you want to plug when it comes to social media or anything? No. Okay. So, so. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm at Martin Alexi on Twitter.
1: Okay, cool. And check it out. He's an awesome guy. And uh, thanks for coming in again. And then uh, we'll be back at it Sunday with another version of According to Alan, and uh, have a great week.